Thank you for tuning in to the Mile 40 podcast. I am Beshoy Tadros, the author of Break Barriers and Audacious, both of which are sold on Amazon. And I invite you to join me as I engage with guests to discuss those bounce back moments that we encounter on our personal journey. Mile 40 is a forum to learn about how athletes, professionals, and leaders of all backgrounds stare down moments in life where the only option is to rise up. The Mile 40 podcast strives to remind listeners that the comeback is always greater than the setback. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Mile 40 podcast. The momentum of this community has continued to pick up and I'm really thankful for you all as you continue to listen and engage with the various guests that have come on board. Today's guest, Joey Cameron, founder and CEO of Tough Love Co. I had met him a couple of years ago. We've kept in touch. He used to train my wife and, and a couple of her friends. But one of the reasons Joey and I kept a line of communication open is because Joey's story um, really embodies the, the narrative of Mile 40. Joey has a pit-to-peak trajectory that I think could be very impactful for a wide range of listeners out there. And so, Joey, before we get into it, I just want to say thank you for joining me today. Cool, man. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So before we hopped on, I actually came across this quote. The quote was, do not let the shadows of your past darken the doorstep of your future. Forgive and forget. And I thought of you right away because you know I had been making sure that I was prepped for our conversation. And when I think about your past in particular, I'd have to say that the idea of forgiving yourself, forgiving you know the people who had impacted you in your past, uh, may have been you know quite the process. So you know I, I wanted to see if that notion resonates with you, and and if you want to kind of walk us back a little bit and, and tell us a little bit about how life began for you. Yeah, it definitely does resonate with me. I think a lot of what I went through as a kid, I think a lot of the actions I took, um, I think it's naturally quite easy to have guilt, you know, and and feel feel diff- have it feel difficult to kind of even even forgive yourself for that, you know what I mean? But also understand that that's part of your path of learning. Um, and, and that's how you grow. Right. So that's, that definitely resonates essentially my, my path, I guess it kind of begins as you might know, uh, Vishoy, the, uh, I grew up in a, in a pretty, uh, I would call it a bad neighborhood, <laughs> um, as a kid, um, on the South side of, uh, of Tucson, Arizona. And, um, it was really a function of being, uh, my mother was a single mother after having divorced my father at a very young age. And yeah, money was not something that we had very often. <laughs> and naturally, I think that um, environment, you know, leads you to be surrounded by certain things that kind of push you uh, towards, you know, things you wouldn't do normally. Like, you know, I, I was definitely on track to be, to do some pretty bad things <laughs> in terms of, you know, I, 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 I make a joke often saying that I, you know, the only exercise I used to do was run from the cops. And I, I'm not kidding about that. <laughs> I mean, we, we experienced some pretty gnarly things. Um, and so, um, you know, starting there, that was, uh, um, I was, on, I was on a trajectory that I think would, if I hadn't have realized some of the things I had, I would definitely be in a very different place today. I want to dive into that a little bit. You know, I want to paint a picture, uh, around, um, 
what it was like for you and your mother. And, and did you have any siblings? Yep, I did. Yeah, I have a uh, an older sister. Um, so yeah, it was definitely not easy. Uh, and and uh, on that note, she was also you know I, she she'd been through tremendous hardship in her own life, which you only realize as you grow up that it's not cut and dry. You know, the reason that uh, you experience things through your parents' lives is because they were experiencing it through theirs. So her ability to manage was was not the best. You know. Got it. Um, and in, yeah. in, 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 you know, reading up on your story and, and kind of speaking to you about it before you had mentioned that, you know, there were periods where your mother may have been gone for days at a time, you know, at a, at a yeah. younger age. How, how old were you? Yeah. I mean, I would say from what I remember, it was probably around from when I was five or six uh, onwards. Um, so I, I have memories of, I think around five years old um, when I remember her, you know, just going missing for three days at a time, you know, um, and, uh, ultimately leaving, leaving us with strangers or leaving us on our own. Um, which is kind of what led, I think a lot of just getting into some of the trouble we did. <laughs> Got it. And, um, you know, you kind of answered the question by saying she left you with, with strangers or, or other people, but did you have any extended family around you? Any aunts, uncles, grandparents? No. Um, all of my mother's family is, uh, South African. So, um, the only family that and my father's whole family is Australian at that time. I didn't know I even had a father, but, um, we have no fat, we had no family in the U S at that time. So it was just whoever would take us. <laughs> Got it. Um, you know, you know, I can only imagine the level of isolation, uh, that, that, you know, must've been going on in your head around that time. Um, were you going to school? Were you attending school regularly? Yeah, well, yeah, I was, but there was a, a tremendous amount of problems in school. You know, I, I'd gone over some of the, interestingly enough, um, I'd gone over some of the paperwork not too long ago of of that time and the reports from the teachers. And I, I was a very angry, uh, violent young man. <laughs> Even at the age of six, I remember I, I was throwing a ton of tantrums and uh, I was fighting a lot. And I, there were even other, you know, some other stuff in there that I was definitely acting out. So I was going to school, but I don't think I was going uh, I was, it wasn't going very well. <laughs> was there anyone in your life at that point that you felt like truly cared for you or loved you at that point? Did you feel like you had anyone that, that, that had that touch that was even able to remotely fill in the gap for, you know, your mother while she may have been absent at that time? Was there yeah, like a I teacher mean, would... or a mentor or anything like that? Um, I mean, as I got older, you know, um, I think a lot of what we, I mean, my sister, first of all, my older sister was definitely the one that would kind of keep some normalcy. And then, you know, we had teachers and that, but you know, you don't often understand it at yourself as a kid. So it's hard for you to communicate what's happening because you don't really know what's happening. You just know that it's not good. You know, um, I think that the only thing that I really say, I, one of the things that me and my sister has discussed on a regular basis is like what saved us from being, you know, absolute maniacs, uh, from all of that trauma was a lot of our friends and family could, or not friends and family, sorry, a lot of our friends externally could see the situation that we were in. And they often took us in and, uh, they kind of guided us when we were kind of going off the, the rails or we were, you know what I mean? Yeah. We had a lot of guidance from good people outside of it that could see it, but I don't think we could see the full extent right. of how weird it was. So there was an extension of your community from the outside that was able to, reel you in when necessary, because internally it was a little bit more chaotic. Um, yeah, you know, so 
just to recap to you know you know make sure the audience is up to speed on on the situation your parents divorced at a young age your yep. mother had made um some questionable decisions and and had been a little bit absent with regards to just being around in terms of raising you and, and, and kind of being there for you. Uh, I know you had mentioned again previously that she was perhaps involved with, with drugs at the time. Um, yeah. Is there any extent to that, that, you know, you, you want to speak about or could dive into the neighborhood that we lived in, you know, and just kind of the goings on uh, and, you know, with the people that she was spending time with, that was kind of with their MO, you know? And I remember as a young kid, just the smell of, you know, of weed, <laughs> uh, coming from the room that they would spend so much time. I didn't understand it at the, at the time, but, um, you know, the, the going now as an adult looking at it, I see, you know, the going missing for days on end and all that stuff. I mean, the reason why she wasn't present was because she was trying to escape something herself. And that was that impact it had on her was obviously, um, you know, she wasn't thinking clearly. So, yeah, I think just in, in that regard, it, um, I, I recognized it as a kid and I saw what she was doing and I, I grew a, a distaste for it, even though later in life I got into it myself, but the, which I guess was inevitable based on where my head was at, but, uh, it, it definitely impacted me because, you know, I, that, and hence the reason why I was so angry. You know? Yeah. I definitely, when you leave a, when you leave a kid to their own devices, uh, you know, things like ADHD and, and anger and all those things develop because it's just a lack of connection, you know? So that's what I realized, but yeah, I, Absolutely. very impactful. I remember it being very frustrating. And, and to kind of just make sure the whole scenario, you know, is, is depicted. Did you ever have a relationship with your father, you know, in those younger years or was he completely out of the picture? Yeah, no, it was, no, I, I never, you know, honestly, I, I, I would tell people that my, I was told by my mother that my father was a, a child molesting criminal. And there was uh, um, a lot of evidence later to, to, and there's a, later story to that but uh, ultimately I was told that so I would tell everyone else that and that's so why I, I grew up not I'd never even seen a photo of him I think the first time I saw a photo of him was I was 17 years old uh, I found a photo of him and I was like who's this <laughs> and she was like oh that's someone you're not supposed to even see photos of um, and but throughout the course of my life uh, she would make me hide saying that he was coming after us with a gun and just really gnarly gnarly uh, stuff was very in her mind I believe it was it was real but and and you had mentioned to me that, you know, despite getting in trouble a few times at school, things got even, you got expelled a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, I got expelled. Um, I mean, uh, I had been arrested. Uh, I mean, there's just been a, a string of things that, you know, fights and just you know, a, a pretty extensive level of, of trouble. <laughs> Does anything yeah. particularly stand out, you know, in terms of like, one of the arrests or one of the times getting expelled that, you know, really kind of maybe began a turning point for you or, you know, was um, it just one after the other? I think that honestly, it's, I mean, being expelled definitely from high school was definitely something that I recognized to to the ability that I, to the extent of the ability that I had at that time, um, that definitely, um, got me realizing that I needed to make some changes, but you know, progressively it's, there was still more pitfalls to come. Uh, you know what I mean? So what, what's it like, you know, kind of being in that environment and and growing up and under those circumstances, you know, a lot of kids either want to make their parents proud or are afraid that their parents are going to get upset at them, you know, in the case that you do get in trouble. And so in your case, you know, getting in trouble, 
did you feel like you were on your own even when you went home and like no one, you know, no one was there to kind of be that person who you were like, I don't want to make mom or dad, you know, upset, or I don't want to kind of, you know, let them down. Did you, were you even, did you even feel like you were letting yourself down in those moments? No, I mean, honestly, so the weird thing about my, my, my mother was that in, on one hand, she was a good mother. Um, and on, on, but on the other hand, the extent of how bad she was it overshadowed that because of her problems with addiction, it was very much a, you know, there's a period where they, 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 they're the perfect person. And then there's a, another period where, which is the main period, which is where they keep falling off. Um, and so there would be times where she would be the perfect mom and treat you as if, okay, like you're in trouble, you're grounded or, and then there's other times where it would just be a fit of rage. And then it would, she would get kind of disappear and it would just, it didn't really, we didn't have any clear cut um, structure or consequences, but you know, the fits of rage and, and anger or the disciplinary approach was, it tended to swing as a pendulum to be quite extreme because she in her mind couldn't understand why we weren't behaving because she couldn't realize that that it was her that was creating the lack of structure and and we were acting out for attention. Uh, so our behavior was extreme and then her behavior was even more extreme. It was, you know, that's the way I see it now. So, you know, listening to you say it now and kind of articulate it in, in that way, at some point, you know, did you sit down with a therapist to run through all this or, you know, was this all some reflection that you did on your own? We were definitely uh, in therapy on and off through the course of our lives for, you know, uh, the things that had supposedly taken place with my father, um, which, like I said, later on, we found out were not true, um, but uh, which was even weirder because you're in therapy for something that didn't exist. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, we, we, we regularly and because she was regularly in therapy, um, but just based on it was very sporadic because, you know, she remarried and had we had a stepfather for a while who was actually a great great person. Uh, and, and he was, you know, he funded a lot of this stuff. So when we had the, the, the ability to go to therapy, yes, but it was very sporadic because that only lasted for, you know, a few, a few years. Um, so I, I guess, you know, one of the things I want to do now that we've painted a little picture with regards to the pits of your childhood, I want to work backwards. And for context to the audience out there, you know, Joey has been a self-made entrepreneur for several years now. Um, and I know that includes um, its own pits and peaks with regards to, you know, building businesses, uh, building a client base, maintaining, sustaining, dealing with external factors, uh, whether it be the market or whether it be, you know, your own external factors. And I can only imagine that a lot of your drive came through what you had gone through, you know, as a child. Let's start off by what happened after you got expelled from high school? Did you end up going to college or was college not part of your trajectory? Well, I, I got expelled. It's a good question. I got expelled in, in the beginning of high school. And my intention was uh, because I I'd moved to South Africa at a very at a young age. Um, and it was a very big change for me. We went from, you know, the kids in the U.S. kind of control the schools where there. If you you have to wear uniforms in public school, and if you mess around, they'll smash your face in with a book. Um, so, so I was not it made me even worse to start. So I I kind of rebelled and was like, I'm not going back here until I unless you unless I, you know, get put into a different school. So that had happened. Uh, and then that, that realization, I, my mother eventually actually put me in a different school, um, which didn't necessarily fix the problem, but it definitely, th that school was a lot more focused on, on individualism. And so I think she recognized the need for me to have more individual 
attention. It didn't fix the problem, but it just, it definitely made me, uh, give me more, more of a, a, an understanding at that time of what I could have of the importance of finishing, you know, finishing school. So you did finish. I finished school. Yeah. I finished okay. high school. I was just expelled from. Got it. <laughs> from and then did, did you go on to college after that? Uh, I did eventually, but um, that was not, not honestly the, the intention I'd had. Cause I didn't, we didn't have any money. Uh, and I didn't understand how I would get there. So at that time I finished high school and it was a matter of, I need to go work. Um, I need to go work and, and, and make some money and take it from there. That was really my plan. So it, it was a little bit of survival mode, you know, yeah. I, more so than following a dream or an ambition. Was there any in, in the back of your mind, you know, was there anything that you were overly ambitious about that you were like one day, like I am going to be so-and-so or one day I'm going to have this or run this? Definitely. I mean, it wasn't, I guess it wasn't as ambitious about something specific as I was just ambitious as a person. Cause I just, I had a lot of energy and I, I always like, I like to like analyze things and pick things apart. And I always had a grandiose like energy and vert and, and desire to do something big. I just didn't know what it was. And I remember telling people that at a young age, even ex-girlfriends and I'd be like, you know, I, I feel like I'm designed to do something big. I just don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I did discover it, you know, which kind of is in tandem with when I ended up meeting my father, I actually discovered a book on creative advertising, which is what led me down the path of becoming a copywriter initially. Let's talk about that. Dive into that a bit more. Talk about, um, you know, when you met your father and, and how that went down. Yeah. I mean, um, my, uh, I, at the time, my sister and I were both living abroad. There was a visa program that, that they had in South Africa and we we were, she was in Spain and I was in, in London. Um, and, uh, ultimately we had both, she called me one day and said, Hey, listen, I, I've been wondering about, about dad. Cause we hadn't met him. And, and I, it was weird because I'd had a dream probably a couple, couple of weeks before that about it. And she said, well, I'm going to go and find him and look for him online and I'll let you know what I find. Uh, and ultimately she had gone on to a family tree website and about three weeks later, I got a phone call from, from this guy with an Australian accent. It sounded like Crocodile Dundee. Hmm. And he was like, you know, this is my, and I was like, yeah, it's my dad. And, and it was the first meeting I had with him. Um, and um, that progressed into him coming to, to visit me. We did, we did a road trip uh, because his family is originally from Scotland. Uh, we did a road trip up through Scotland to get to know each other. Um, and he had, you know, a lot of things arose from that new, new things, but, um, he'd offered to, he'd explained everything essentially on, in you know, his version of what had happened and, and very non-judgmental towards my mother. He actually said he was still in love with her, but he was just kind of so burnt by her that he, you know, he had to step away because she was, she was a lot. Uh, but ultimately he ended up paying for our college, which is why, why I, at that point I had started to, to like try to explore what I wanted to do. And I, I, I realized that I came across this book and this book on creative advertising and it was about copywriting and I'd always had a way with words. It was something that I really, I like to mess with just as a, just, it just where my mind goes. And so I was like, wait, people will get paid to do this. I was like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to explore this. So I ended up, that's what I ended up studying. That's kind of how that started. That's crazy. That's incredible. What would you say is, is your biggest strength? Um, you know, maybe just as a human in general, like what, what, what differentiates Joey amongst his peers? Is it, you know, his street smarts that he built up going through what he's got, what he went through? Is it his level to be ability to be empathetic? 
because of the fact that, you know, you learn so much based on your own situation that you realize that a lot of people go through their own circumstances and, and you're overly empathetic toward that. You know, there's so much going on here. So I, I kind of want to nail into that really quick. What would you say is your biggest strength? Uh, I would say probably it's a strength and a downfall because it's it's more, I would say, emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the ability to to sense what someone is feeling is 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 very powerful um, because you know how to adapt to it, which is um, I think has been a big um, has been a big help for me to be able to connect with people uh, and be relatable. But I think that oftentimes it can also plague you because you can um, you almost feel what they're what they're feeling, and it's and it's hard to ignore it. So it can become annoying yeah. or frustrating for people no, when you call I- them out on that. You yeah, it could, and it could be emotionally intensive once you're taking on other people's distresses, really. So I, I totally hear you on that front. Taking a step back now, you know, you found something that you're interested in. I want to kind of build from there now to um, walk listeners through how you ended up um, building your own company. Um, and then I want to quickly talk about what happened there and 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 ultimately the pivots that you had to make. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, ultimately, I mean, throughout the course of, of all that happening, my personal passion has always been fitness. Um, and, um, it was something that I was introduced to by, uh, you know, I was actually introduced to Muay Thai, to Thai boxing, uh, through one of my best friends, um, you know, and seeing, how, seeing his success in many areas. Um, I, I'd been like, you know, how do I, how do I get what, what you, how do I get to where you are? And I also at that, I'd recognized that the things that I was doing, because even though I was moving in a certain direction, my personal life was still in turmoil. You know, I was still getting in trouble. I was still doing things I shouldn't have been. Um, so I saw that as an opportunity to do something good, as opposed to not trying to do something bad, um, which I thought as, I saw that as an opportunity. And I don't know why, but that was something that spoke to me. And I was like, I need to do something good. And, and so, you know, getting involved in, in Muay Thai actually, put me on a direction to start without realizing it at the time, it started to put me on a path of, of discipline, um, and, and accountability. Uh, and ultimately, um, what that had created was it started to transition or tried to, to, to transcend into other parts of my life. Um, and I suppose fast forward, I stuck with that because I became, I guess, quote unquote, you know, I was addicted to the, to, to, to fitness, but I, I got to a point where I was just like, this is, it created a lot of good change in my life. And I started to see things very differently. Um, my relationships, my, my relationship with myself, um, my finances, all kinds of things. And, um, I progressively, uh, you know, you know, between that point of, as I mentioned that I got into copywriting and, and, you know, a few years down the line, uh, fitness was always my personal thing. And then ultimately I had a couple of businesses that I'd, uh, kind of, uh, you know, gone into and started because, I felt that the energy that I had created within myself, the ability to be disciplined, it opened my eyes to wanting to be more independent and wanting to succeed. I mean, honestly, it was the reason why I grew in, in all ways, I think. And so ultimately, throughout that course, I started to realize that fitness was actually the direction that I wanted to take, right? So that was my passion. I, I had another epiphany, I guess, if you will, that essentially was like, I want to be myself for a living. And that was something that I had said to myself and I... and that put me on a path to have a purpose-driven approach to doing what I do, um, which is what kind of moved me in the direction of becoming a coach. Let's talk yeah. about how the business got started, how big yeah. it got, and 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 yeah. and from there, what happened? 
Great. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, ultimately um, what I'd realized was it was one of those things where people kept coming to me prior to me actually kicking off, you know, the, the business itself. I kept having people say, Hey, listen, train me, train me. And I was like, I don't do that. I don't do that. So that coupled with me wanting to be myself for a living spurred me towards doing that full time. Um, and ultimately my biggest frustration with starting to train people was I started to realize that, um, you know, the people I was training, I started to recognize my own initial issues with accountability and, 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 and goal setting and, and just growth in, in, in certain ways. I started to recognize it in my clients because I didn't know even at that time yet, I was about to realize it, but the reason why I had had success in terms of personal growth and development was because I'd mastered that for myself, not mastered it, but I got better at it. Never really, I'm not going to say I'm the master of anything, but I started to recognize it in my clients. Um, and when I started to recognize that my growth, I looked within myself, which is really where I started to, to see the growth of the business and this, and my method was I, I saw how I, I saw what had changed me. And I, I, I realized I wanted to kind of find a way to replicate that for other people. So that for me was accountability ultimately. And I realized that that was the, the reason because accountability creates consistency and consistency creates success. It's just the way that I, I, you know, that is essentially for me, a very simple equation. Um, but I started to implement or create a system that would help implement that for people. Um, and, um, you know, I saw some, some great success, uh, pre COVID, uh, in my, in my in-person, uh, business by, by starting to implement that method with people where I would hold them accountable in certain ways. Um, and COVID hit and it kind of forced me to go online, but I saw the, the value of that, um, as opposed to being, oh no, my business is crushed because I couldn't do any in person, right? So yeah. I, I started to see the value of, of the ability to grow because online was more scalable. So you know, how could I take my methods and how could I create a template for people that I could share with, you know, ten x more more people than just my ceiling of of doing it with people in person? Yeah. Um, so I and and so one of the things that really stands out here is that as much as you're working working out people on the outside, you took an approach where you focused on what was going on on the inside and helped kind of nurture that mindset, you know, to drive the success, um, with external growth, you know, and, and I think that's yeah. spectacular. And I think it's, you know, a fundamental aspect to differentiating yourself as a coach. And, you know, it's one of the things that I've always noticed about you and why I thought you kind of stood out on your own is, um, you were able to focus in on those tenors um, of accountability, consistency, um, you know, determination, um, getting back up. And I, I think that, um, and I think you'd agree with me, a lot of that stems from the lessons that you probably had gone through on your own. And so you, you yeah. don't necessarily project it in an obnoxious way, but you inspire it and you motivate it. Um, and so, um, that's one of the things about how you built up your business that stood out to me. Um, I appreciate that. Of course. Um, and so outside of the, uh, was there any other element to your business over the years um, that, um, you know, you kind of built in order to grow your financial independence? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, throughout the course of prior to actually realizing what fitness and accountability had done for me, um, I'd, I'd obviously been pushing myself in a direction of growth naturally, which is why I say like 
you know, if I hadn't started practicing that at a younger age, I would have gone in a totally different direction, you know? Um, but having, having pushed that way, like, I wouldn't say that, um, I, I don't think being successful, like everyone's measure of success is different, right? Um, you know, I've had uh, quite a few businesses and not all of them have been financially successful, but definitely um, some of them, you know, have. And I think that um, it's it's a test. What, what I, I guess what I can say is that what I learned um, as at a young age and what I learned through my experience uh, and what projected me to not give up uh, when things don't go my way, because I, you, every business you have and everything you do, you invest everything you have into it financially, mentally, you know, emotionally, you, you become one with it. Um, and when it fails, you also feel like you not die with it, but a piece of you, you know, it's very hard to come back from that. Um, but one of the things that I learned was, um, you know, giving up is going to put you in, 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 a, on a negative path, you know, and, and, and what comes from that is not, is not positive. And I learned that from when my mother passed away, I learned uh, that very, the hard way, because I went down that path. Um, and I started to see that there's, there's beauty in, in, in destruction, I guess, in many ways. So when something doesn't work out, it's, I learned how to, how to take the lessons of what didn't work and use it as a strategy for moving forward. I think that's the, the biggest thing that I, that I've taken away from those experiences. Um, and that is my success. That, that is, which means I'm, you know, you can't, I, I'm, I'm unkillable in that respect. So it makes it, I know that for a fact, no matter what happens, I can get back up. You know, that's, what I mean? so, that's so powerful. It's such a powerful weapon to have on, you know, you yeah. know, on your side. Um, when did your mother pass away? Uh, I think it was, that's a, that's an interesting part of that story because she passed away about three months before I met my father in, okay. in person. We'd been talking and we were, we were trying to get them together. I think that was in 2005. So okay. we were trying to get them together to reconcile and that, um, that never happened. When she had passed away, how old were you? Like around 2005, how old were you? I was 23, I believe. Any, would you d- describe any emotions around her passing? Was it anger, regret, anything in particular? It was, it was anger. Yeah, it was anger. Um, it, it, honestly, in the, in the beginning, it wasn't, it was, it was, I was sad. And then when I started to realize the things that came to light after she passed away that, cause she was the one, my sister was estranged from her because my sister saw through her, I guess I wouldn't call it game, but she, she saw what it, for, she saw her for what it, she saw the things she was doing for what they were. I was enchanted by the mother. Were you pushing forward for like the idea of like, this could get better yeah. and that this could be resolved. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and she, she ultimately, yeah. I mean, the thing I was initially sad. And then when she passed away, the things that I discovered uh, after that made me angry because there was a lot of things that came to surface that were, uh, that she had been untruthful about. So, yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's interesting. Like you said, the timing three months before you had met your father and you know, where life's trajectory has gone since then. Would you have any advice for anyone out there who may be in a similar situation? Um, you know, if you think about it, one of the things that I, you know, I knew, but a lot of times people need to be reminded of is everyone has their own narrative, right? And everyone's narrative yeah. is generally kept way in the back and is never, it's not what you're going to see on Instagram. It's not what you're going to see yeah. in, in real life. But, you know, the truth of the matter is that everyone out there has their own story. And I I think that a story like yours is particularly inspiring uh, because you went through the entire process of living it, of acknowledging it, 
of, you know, going through the pits yourself with the other people involved and then going through the healing process and then picking yourself up um, and building and growing and then pivoting, you know, with a lot more ease than if you had maybe perhaps had things go a little bit easier in life. You know, for you, pivoting is probably one of the easiest things that you need to do. Any advice out there that you want to share for someone who might be in a, in a similar situation? I, I definitely have some advice. Um, I would say that what you mentioned was actually very truthful and very powerful because one of the things I realized is that initially I, I was I went in on myself and I, I was feeling sorry for myself at, at a certain stage. And I think it's important to recognize that everyone has a story and the value of recognizing that kind of humbles you and, and also it makes you feel better, but also just know that you're not alone. You know what I mean? And, and there's always someone out there that can, that has been through something either worse or uh, can offer and can offer you advice, um, you know, on how to handle it. Um, But also the other thing would be, you know, to try to recognize when you have a chance to come up for air is to recognize um, that even though this bad thing happened, there's always, you know, the, the Phoenix always rises from the ashes. There's always something that positive that you can, that you can gain from it, whether it's just learning experience or, or something, you know, to that, to that, in that regard, there's always something you can learn from it, even though it's the hardest lesson you can ever learn without pain, there's no change. You know what I mean? So, uh, and that's hard to recognize when you first go through it, especially something that's as extreme as death or something. Um, it's really hard to recognize it, but you initially go down the path of anger, but you know, there's, there's a point where you have a chance to come up for air and, and look for the positive in it. And I think that's, it's worth understanding that, but also knowing that you're not alone. I think that's really important. So, you know, not to go in on yourself and destroy yourself because that's not what that person would have wanted. And that's not what you ultimately want. It's just a state of mind that you're in right now. So try to get some clarity. Yeah. Thank you. I, I think that, you know, that's a perfect note to end things on. I think that that is the purpose of mile 40, um, to, you know, look at yourself in the mirror ultimately. Um, and, look at that younger version of you who perhaps um, had to kind of learn the hard way and understand what that person was capable of and put the weight on your back to only succeed from there on out and using the lessons that you learned um, throughout that period. Um, So I want to say thank you again. You know, your story is tremendous. You're so inspirational. I'm glad and I'm, I'm grateful to know you and you're forever a part of the Mile 40 family. So thank you. Awesome. I appreciate you, Bishoy. And uh, thanks for having me, man. I really uh, I really respect what you're doing. And um, we, we obviously share a lot of similarities in our stories. So yeah, I really appreciate it. it was been, it's been an honor, man. Thank you so much. You got it. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mile 40 Podcast, go ahead, subscribe, leave a review, and share the word. Thank you for being a part of the Mile 40 family. And let's unite in showing the world that comebacks are always greater than setbacks.